0: Welcome, listeners, to the very first episode of the Bright Brains Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac, and today we will embark on an exciting exploration of the future with tech historian and educator Thomas Durr. In this episode, we're diving headfirst into the captivating world of AI, a technological marvel that is reshaping the way we live, work, and think. Join us as we unravel the complexities of AI, its impact on our society, and its incredible potential to revolutionize countless aspects of our lives. My guest is Thomas uh, Dare, and uh, basically we're going to talk about AI. So uh, Thomas, just uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know. Sure.
1: Uh, so, well, Isaac, thank you for having me on the first episode. It's a, it's an honor and a pleasure to be the first, uh, for you. Hopefully, uh, it is something that will help kind of propel this thing forward for you. Um, but for me, uh, so I'm from the East coast. I live in New Jersey, born and raised. Um, I went to school. I have my, um, both my bachelor's and my master's degree, both in history. I'm looking to go back for a PhD next year in American studies, focusing on like, um, technology And it's intersections with um, culture. Um, So I'm a cultural and a technological historian by like trade. Uh, For work, for money, I work as a social studies teacher in a high school. Um, So I teach like, you know, world history, US 1, US 2. I teach US 3, which is a dual enrollment. Um, I actually just recently got hired as a adjunct professor at a local community college. So I will be starting there this fall as well. Thank you. Thank you. And, um, you know, so that's kind of like my professional intellectual background. Um, My profession, uh, well, my expertise is not necessarily in AI, but because of AI becoming so, like, relevant lately, people have mm-hmm. just kind of maybe woken up to it. Um, And I figured I'm like, you know, I got to kind of hop on this bus as well because AI is, you know, it's almost like any technology, once it's, like, unleashed upon the world, it's almost like we lose grasp of how much it starts to affect us and it starts to grow yeah. out of our control. And I feel like that's where AI is starting to go and people don't know how to assess it, how to understand it, how to use it, what it's used for, what are the positives and the negatives to it. So that's kind of what I want to talk about today.
0: Yeah. You know, what's interesting about AI is that I'm surprised about how accessible it is. You know um, I never imagined that I would have an app like uh chat GPT on my phone, mm-hmm. you know, when I think about AI, like in science fiction, I think about like Skynet, you know, this giant massive computer, but it's literally in the palm of our hand, you mm-hmm. know? So where is AI going to take us, man? And like in the next, you know, 10 or so years. So I'll, I'll
1: give you a lot of different projections of like what people are researching AI for now and what the implications they're trying to get AI to do. Uh, but to answer your question on why it's, like, so accessible is because realistically, like, AI being artificial intelligence, um, you got to understand, like, it only learns from the input that's given to it, right? So it is a self-learning module, but it can't learn if there's any, nothing being put into it, right? So by uh-huh. making it free and accessible for us, um, it's essentially, like, we're the test subjects for creating and cultivating the brain of the AI.
0: Oh, Wow. Yeah, so so we're and, guinea pigs basically.
1: I mean, we're definitely if you want to talk about in in like global terms and like large terms, we're definitely like today we're products. We're no longer like producers and sellers. We are like the product of social media and technology companies. Like think about when was the last time you paid money to download an app?
0: Uh it's been a while. It's been yeah. a long time, right? Yeah.
1: I remember when I was a kid, I used to buy every app for like two, three, four dollars. And then mm. now everything's free. Everything yes. is free because what ends up happening is all that data that you input into your the dating apps, into the social media apps, into the gaming apps, they all collect data on you and it gets saved into a file. And then that data gets essentially kind of turned into a little like AI version of you. And they read the algorithms of that AI version of you to kind of predict what your next actions and purchases are going to be. We call it surveillance capitalism. And this is where all these apps kind of like – this is how they all work now. Um, So ChatGPT is no different because there's also a paid version of ChatGPT that you can access as well. Um, But ChatGPT is obviously I think a lot – it's going to become on the same level if not even outgrow the impact of like the way social media functions and like has changed our culture at least. I mean, yeah. I mean, you'd probably agree, right? You think social media and technology has changed the way we live?
0: Yes. And most definitely. Yeah. It's yeah, hard that's... to even imagine uh, a time before Facebook and Twitter. as uh-huh. is called now uh, X. X. Yeah. And a lot of
1: people are protesting that too. So
0: yeah. Yeah. Um. Um it's It's really interesting um the thing about that worries me the most about AI is the loss of jobs. so mm-hmm. what how do you see AI affecting like the workforce?
1: So the way I would like analyze like like so when like historian historians of like labor historians, they like look at like laws about like working laws and all this kind of stuff and just essentially how labor has changed and evolved over time um from looking at it from like that type of perspective. We've seen a lot of automation already, but not Mm. necessarily AI, Um, and ultimately, as like a technological historian, we got to always remember that technology is a tool. It's a tool, just like a rake, just like, you know, a fork. It's a tool for us to use to then kind of like achieve some type of outcome, right? um and ai is no different it should it's being used today in a lot of different positive ways but like kind of like what you mentioned is like there's there's a lot of like anxiety around ai and the fear Mm -hmm. of losing jobs is it going to replace for example is ai going to replace teachers because then really all kids are going to do is type a question into chat gpt and it produces a response Mm
0: -hmm. so
1: you can kind of make that you can kind of like make that argument but you'd also remember chat gpt isn't like a conscious sentient thing whereas it it simply is just a super mega computer that can process information so incredibly fast that it just produces like a a scripted response, right? So when you type in, I don't know, any silly question, like, um, you know, why is this guy blue? It'll spit out based on hundreds, if not thousands and thousands and thousands of Google articles and Mm -hmm. summarize all that information together. And like, essentially, it would like probably the way you would imagine it, it would make like a pie chart. So think of it. it would, one explanation would have a percentage then like maybe a not so popular explanation would have a smaller percentage. So it would probably say like, it would talk about what's in this bigger percentage. Like, okay, well, 65% of scientists agree that it is this 5% of scientists say something like this. And then it would explain things like that. Like, Oh, there's other phenomena that also happened that we can't explain blah, blah, blah. So that's how AI works. It's not like in, it's like perfect state yet. It's not like the terminator where it's like the sentient automated
0: thing. Not yet.
1: Yeah, not yet. I know that's, yet. that's the scary uh, part, right? Imagine Terminator yeah. walking around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with loss of jobs, I think it'll do two things. It might affect the job market for like we call you say unskilled labor versus skilled mm-hmm. labor. Um, but it will also produce a lot of skilled labor. Um, I I recently was on a podcast on like it's called uh, Talk Ag to me. It's about agriculture. Um, the guys are an extremely smart agricultural scientist. And he talks, he actually was explaining to me how, um, AI is being used in agriculture to actually do a lot of really good things. And, um, some of what they've been working on is, uh, they use AI to automate, like, um, to track facial expressions of animals. And so you can actually try instead of implanting, like, um, you know, when you have like a farm animal or something, they put like clips into their ears and they pierce them. Um, so one big argument that a lot of farmers and people have is like, well, you know, we shouldn't be treating these animals cruelly for, um, you know, for food and all this kind of stuff. You know, if you think back to like um, indigenous cultures in America, like um, natives, they had a very large respect for animals, right? They would never overkill, overhunt. They would use every single possible resource from the animal to honor its death, Right. Um, mm. so a lot of farmers and stuff have that perspective too, where they want to treat the animals with care and happy animals means happy product, Right. Mm. So, you know, that's why Wagyu beef is like so expensive, right? Cause they like treat the cows like gods, you know? Yeah. Um, so with AI technology, uh, it'll prevent any unnecessary pricking or, um, pain, uh, to the animals. Also, it can track animal facial recognition. Um, very similar to like how your phone has facial recognition now, That's what the AI. They set up AI cameras that, whenever they feed, they take pictures, millions and millions of pictures of these um, these pigs and these animals, and it actually builds a profile of the animal. And this is also used in zoos to help um, mating between zoos. So there's actually like imagine like Tinder, but for zoo animals to reproduce for zoo animals. (laughs) Literally, yeah, literally. I swear, I I watched a documentary about this. It was insane. Um, And basically, different zoos from around the country will. Put like dating pro dating profiles, quote unquote, onto these dating like softwares so that zoos can say, okay, well, we have a male endangered penguin. This one has a female endangered penguin. Will they be a good match? And they can, excuse me, they can actually assess whether or not they might be a good match for mating to hmm. continue like the breed. So that's some of like the positive things that are being kind of incorporated into AI right now. Um, I don't know if labor is going to be too heavily uh, negatively affected, but you will see a loss of some unskilled jobs.
0: Yeah. So he- here's my thinking, right? You know how um, a couple years back, everybody was saying, you know, learn to code, learn to code. If you want a good job, learn to code. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people did learn to code, but now with the chat GPT, you know, you can just say, hey, ChatGPT, design me an an app for iPhone. And, uh, you know, ChatGPT will do it for you. It'll Mm -hmm. put the code out and you can just say, ChatGPT, show me how to submit this to Apple and get it in the App Store. And I'm like, you know, it used to be a time when, you know, that was a real skill. People went to school for long periods of time to learn how to do that. And now ChatGPT just does it. And so what i found to be really interesting is that I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of the jobs, like white-collar jobs, those will be easily replaced by AI. But a lot of these blue-collar jobs, like carpenter, plumber, uh, nursing maybe, so forth and so on, they might be AI-assisted, but they won't be wiped out. Like, for example, you mentioned teacher, right? So, you know, during the lockdown, we had kids uh, on on Zoom, like we are now, mm-hmm. uh, with their teacher. And they could re- easily just take the teacher out of that equation and just replace, replace it with, like, a little AI cartoon character or something, mm-hmm. you know? Um, another idea, and I think I heard something about this, of, like, maybe, like, a, a defense attorney. Like, let's say you have to go to court, you know? And maybe you go to court and it's just like a little laptop there and a little speaker. And that, you know, I mean, think about it. Like if you ever had a ticket or something and you go to court, mm-hmm. you know, that that person there that's supposed to like help you, that person yeah. can be replaced, you know, with AI. So it's, it's really interesting. Um, what, what do you think about all this?
1: I truly think like you bring up, see, you bring up very good points. And I, I think when you said AI assisted, I think that's probably going to be more or less where most go. Because if you do think about it, like, um, so during COVID, actually before COVID, I was a museum educator. And then I lost my job because of COVID. So they closed down the whole department. And I became a teacher kind of during COVID. I was taking my tests and I transitioned into that. And um, I did some COVID virtual teaching with a first grade class when I was substituting while I was still getting my certifications and stuff. And, you know, the kids did well with me. And I'll be honest, I think if the kids had just a pure AI digital teacher, kids would not learn. Kids would not be engaged. So I and I'm, I'm a very big humanist. I'm very big on, I love philosophy. I love, like, I love the fact that humanity is a thing. And I like the interconnectedness that we have as people, how we can literally just instantly connect over something with someone random that we maybe never met. Like, just like you and me today, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that's like the beauty of like our civilization. And one thing when I uh, go for my PhD next year for my dissertation, I want to really focus on like the cyborg question. I want to talk about the, like, People adopting AI and technology as like an everyday part of their life. Because nowadays I see kids walking down the hallway all the time. Their phone is glued to their hand. And it's almost like we, you know, I have like my watch on my, on my hand now. And it's like, you know, we are partially connected. Like we're partial cyborgs. If you want to mm. you know the next, the next real, the, the real step in the cyborgification of humanity is with the neural link with, with, um, Elon Musk. Elon and Musk yeah. And I'll be honest, it seems it sounds cool like when you're playing like a video game, like if you're playing like um like Fallout or if you're playing the new Starfield that just literally came out today. Like it's cool to see this technology and spaceships and interdimensional travel. And until it becomes reality, then it becomes scary.
0: Yeah. So I think you know, that's kind of the issue. You know, earlier uh, you mentioned about how all the apps are free now. And uh there's a quote, um, I'm probably gonna butcher it, but it says something like. If something is free, then you're the product. And so what really scares me about this cyborgification is, you know, Elon Musk, I'm not really sure what to think about that guy, you know, and I don't really it's, trust corporations mm-hmm. and them having access to my brain and what I think. I mean, that's a scary thing, you know, Yep. Um, I, what i see happening is there are going to be people who are you know uh what do you call it early adapters when that Neuralink comes out they're going to jump right in mm-hmm. and get it and play it into their head and there's going to be like some horror stories you know just like how this tesla self-driving you know there's accidents and things like that mm-hmm. and you know my my thinking is this like Is there anybody out there like, you know, like any lawmakers or anything like that who are like saying, hey, let's put the brakes on this a bit. Let's slow down. Let's figure everything out. Because, you know, someone like Elon with that power of putting that stuff in people's heads, I mean, that's a type of power that I don't think we've ever seen before, you know, in human history. And uh, just the, the what can go wrong, you know. Like, maybe maybe this is a little outlandish, but let's say somebody has uh, that chip in their head, right? And it records their memories. Could somebody hack that chip and, like, you know, steal your memories?
1: That's like in Cyberpunk. I don't know if you've ever played Cyberpunk. That's actually I've literally the, that's the story. That's literally the story. You, have a, you put oh, a chip wow. in your head because you do a heist. You put a chip in your head, and then there's another person in that chip trying to take over your body. Oh, wow. That's literally the game. Yeah. So you have to decide on if you want to let him take over your body or you got to try to get away for him to get out. There's so many different endings. I haven't actually mm-hmm. finished the game. I just started playing because it went on sale. I got on the Steam Summer Sale. But yeah. that game, it made me think, like, I'm like, wow, this is literally like um, like a um, like a an AI y- world. Like, this is actually where we're headed uh-huh. you know, in the future. So you bring up very valid stuff. Like, this is so true. Like, And you're right to be skeptical because, like I said, technology is a tool. Technology itself is not intrinsically good or bad. It does not have a moral compass or a code that it follows. It depends who's behind the technology on how it's used. Uh And right now, I like to always suggest to people that are new to this field of of studying technology, the history of technology and social media, I always suggest a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. It's a Uh very, very digestible film on learning about the true algorithms of social media, how we've become products under this system of surveillance capitalism, and essentially how your be- your screen time every day is being used to profit the pockets of these large corporations. Um, I was watching recently another series where a woman was talking about her her dating experience. They were talking about how AI can improve dating. And I, I'm, I'm a single guy, so um, I'm on dating apps and stuff, unfortunately. Um, but – with the dating apps in the future the way they were talking about is what ai can do is um it can actually construct or even like they were actually more so talking about like the idea of the metaverse being introduced with dating um mm-hmm. because nowadays the culture of dating it's no longer you just meet someone outside and you're like hey you know would you want to go out for like food or dinner or lunch or coffee or something and like naturally developing connections with people now it's just you swipe left and right left and right left and right left and right uh-huh. um and that swiping mechanism was actually designed um copying slot machines um oh, because wow. slot, you know gambling is a very big addiction and you know we you you know I'm showing the camera obviously but when you guys are listening yeah, I got you. yeah. when you when you're using a slot <laughs> machine traditionally you pull down the handle and then what you do is you're, you wait and your brain is waiting for the response. It's almost like Pavlov's dog experiment where mm. they would ring the bell and then have the dog salivate to, to food. Very similar psychology behind it. And that's why we swipe to refresh things. So when you want to refresh your, your ex or Twitter feed or your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed, everything you're swiping down.
0: Mm-hmm. So you know, I could, uh, with what you mentioned about dating, what I could see happening is if AI, like you were saying about the animals, right, and how they set up a little profile for them, mm-hmm. AI could maybe find uh, partners for people, um, and mm-hmm. it'll be like your soulmate, you know. And that, yeah, that it's could gonna be... try. Yeah.
1: Um. So with the metaverse, like you know, you've heard that term like tossed around a yeah. lot lately. Mm-hmm. So like Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook, he he changed it to Meta, and they want to create this something called a metaverse. And everyone's like, "What the hell is this metaverse?" To give you, like, the most basic understanding of the metaverse, have you ever played Pokemon Go?
0: Yeah, I have. Yeah. That's
1: literally the metaverse. They want to essentially lay o- – It's a, think of it as, like, a layover. On mm-hmm. They want to do a technological internet virtual layover, a skin over our reality. That's the metaverse. So it's mm-hmm. not like you're sitting at home with, like, your Oculus on and you're just chilling in virtual land. It's incorporating virtual stuff into our real world. So in a way where, like, maybe you're walking around with these glasses on, and you'll see Pokemon in the wild, but they're not really there, but they're laid over yeah. in your your glasses. You could see, a, like, a Pikachu climbing a tree, you know, and that would be, that would be, that defined, honestly, the metaverse. And yeah. they were talking about how the metaverse could be used to make dating a little bit better because, for example, you know, you swipe left and right, and you match with someone, you talk to them, you like them hey, let's go meet up awkwardly for coffee or something. Whereas it doesn't feel natural. It feels very forced, you know, because you swipe. And then, whereas in the metaverse, what it would do, it would match you with someone random that they think it would, like you said, it would pair you with someone that thinks that the AI algorithm thinks you would get along very well. And then what would happen is it would pick a neutral location for you guys to meet up at like a local coffee shop. And you would actually just go in there and just meet each other for the first time. So it's not this awkward like talking and texting and technology bull, all that stuff. And I thought that was really interesting. I'm like, you know, because I, I actually have been looking. I'm like, I want to do like a blind date. I want to do like, um, go on like a show. I've applied to like some of the dating shows in New York City and stuff. I've gotten some mm. feedback, but I, you know, one of them, they were just waiting for like, a I don't know. But so I think it's like cool because like I like the fact that we interact with other humans. And I feel like we're slowly losing that. Um, With with how much people are incorporating and using technology in their lives, yeah, and that's like the fear
0: I have. Well, here is the thing about that. Like, so I get like how the metaverse could be a great place for people to meet and interact. My thing is this, right? So let's say there is a guy and a girl. They meet in the metaverse. They have a great date. Uh, Everything goes well. They really hit it off. But there is still one other issue, and that's what people look like in real life you know mm-hmm. so they might connect in the metaverse and they have their little digital avatars and all that well no it but wouldn't be they...
1: digital avatars it would be in real in like reality so this is talking about yeah. like yeah i'm i should have prefaced that a little bit better like i meant more so like the future of the potential of what um the metaverse and vr and ai are capable of doing Um, this you. wouldn't be there yeah, this wouldn't be anywhere in the near future but i agree i would never do something like that i would never do like an avatar and go date someone with someone because yeah. I'll be honest, like, listen, I, I'm, looks are not looks the matter. number one, they, ma-
0: yeah.
1: I agree, yeah, they matter, it's not my yeah. number one concern, trust, I'm a very intellectual person, I, I value deep stimulating conversation, but mm. I have to be physically attracted to you as well, it just, it's, it just has to be a mix of all, you know? Yeah. So, the metaverse, what it would do, what it would be capable of doing in the future, so, for example, like I said, the glasses I'm wearing, um, no. if I were able to, Let's say the metaverse is like with within them, right? So I'm actually looking around my room. I'm looking around. The, I see everything for what it is, but the metaverse would lay things on top of that. So maybe like I'd have a skin for my wall over here, even though in reality, there's nothing there. But let's say there's like a cool skin of a, you know, one of my favorite characters from a show or something on there now. I gotcha. That's like what the metaverse would be. And then it would like tell you to go to, you know, this place. And the reason why the AI would be smart enough to know your taste is because you would be swiping on people, or you know, it has built up an algorithm about like what Isaac, does what is Isaac? Isaac likes blondes, he likes girls <laughs> that have this or something like that. Yeah, and, right. Oh, that's completely arbitrary. I was just making it up. No, I got you. He really does like blondes.
0: Uh, well, look, let me ask you this: like, you know, the metaverse is kind of not taking off right now. You know, no. it's kind of failed. fail. Why do you think that is? And what do you think uh meta has to do to you know sort of write that ship
1: it you know that's a good question in turn i don't have an exact answer i can give you my best assumption mm-hmm. um my assumption would be that the technology just simply is not there yeah yet um the capabilities of super com- they're currently working on so like they actually have super quantum computers and these yeah. computers are able to do like absolutely unreal things it is crazy so maybe uh, in the next couple years um i forgot if it's called is it is it moore's moore's law i believe that's i'm gonna be upset if it's not
0: is yes. that where uh every seven years every it gets faster every seven two months? years Oh, every two every years, two years wow.
1: the number of transistors on an integrated circuit board doubles about every two years so every two years we see literally a a, a square root ex, like so that's exponential growth it's not just like you know times two you're squaring the number so um everything doubles so it would be two and two is four four and four 16 16 and 16 is you know whatever and then that's how they explain the growth of technology and its capabilities so in the next two years we may see drastic leaps in in vr and things along those lines
0: i know apple has uh put out a headset uh have you seen that apple headset it's like something ridiculous (laughs) yes i don't know too much about it do you uh i don't know much about it but i know what's interesting is that um so you know when Like, when you think about Oculus Rift, you have those big, bulky uh, goggles that cover your eyes. The thing about the Apple one is on the other side, it projects your eyes. So, like, you know, the camera is actually recording your eyes. It has a screen on the outside. um, And so it'll project your eyes. The thing is, is I'm not really sure what the point of that is. Because I think you still can't really see out. You're still looking into the goggles. But I guess maybe uh, Apple feels it makes it more personable or something like that. I don't know, but I think they're like three thousand dollars or something like that. that is
1: a pro- and that's another problem with technology is that it's not mm-hmm. accessible
0: yeah it's 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 interesting. So you know we've kind of talked about the doom and gloom of like AI. um what do you think like is uh like say ten years from now? what would be like the best case scenario like if everything works out well like what would you like to see you know
1: that's that's actually really hard to say cuz mm. I'll be quite honest with you lately I'm very skeptical of technology mm-hmm. um Same. and I'm a little bit concerned with where it's going but not not where it's going but who's using it mm. That's my biggest concern. Like you said, it's it's because it's ultimately who's using this and what are they using it for? What are their goals and their ambitions? I don't want, I, you know, for example, since, you know, since the Patriot Act after 9-11, they have, um, what is it? They have the ability to spy on any American whenever they want for any reason. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to kind of assess like you're, you're giving up um, your freedom to do whatever you want because technology is going to be overwhelmingly over you and watching you all the time. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. We're looking at like a potential, you know, people say surveillance state, you know, but with AI and, you know, with uh, what you're talking about, this metaverse, we have Mm -hmm. the potential to see something that like would make 1984 look like uh, Sesame street or something like that. You know, like we, we, it's going to get bad. And like, you know, A lot of times people, (laughs) a lot of times people talk about, you know, AI and it's always doom and gloom, but I can't, I can't help it. You know, like um, I know earlier we had mentioned about jobs and uh, I remember reading somewhere, uh, they said that kids who are in school now are probably going to be working jobs that don't even exist yet. So I'm curious, like with AI coming uh, what are some fields like let's say you were talking to some first graders right and they were asking you for advice um about, like yeah. what they should study should they learn how to code or that's a good question not? that's a really good yeah.
1: question um yeah. i'll be honest with you <clears throat> actually, i actually have a friend she's going back to school right now for coding um she used to be a zoologist believe it or not so oh wow it's funny but you know i i think like code's kind of confusing like i've seen it I, I she's shown me some of the work she does like it's like learning a full language it is a very complex system mm-hmm. and the people that know how to use it are very very talented people um and what i would say is to be honest i think everyone should learn that type of stuff because in the future dude if we're talking about like all of this stuff coming to fruition we're gonna need extremely intelligent well-rounded People that are that are well-versed in technology, coding, AI, de- software development. Like we, we're going to need people that are capable of working with this level of technology. And like we said, like with Moore's Law, we don't know how expansive this entire field of technologies and the internet and AI and all this stuff is going to expand. So uh. we don't know exactly. It's kind of like limitless at this point. We don't know where the ceiling is if there is a ceiling. Yeah. Um, so the types of jobs that are going to exist in the future are probably like, probably far out there. I mean, especially in terms of like, you know, being AI specialists and things along those lines. And, um, just the fact AI is going to just open up so many different avenues for income and, and being professionals and things along those lines, but technology is always a safe, uh, field. I mean, I mean, listen, what, what I, what I did, I went to school my first year, I went to, um, a four-year college after the first year, I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I majored in nutrition and then I was minoring in history at the time. And I was taking like seminars in nursing. Cause I didn't know what I wanted to do oh, with my wow. life. Yeah. yeah
0: so then I, I,
1: I left that <laughs> year. I went to the community college I teach at now. I was there for a couple of years because I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get into the nursing program. It's really good. And I like nursing. I like helping people. I like science. So I got into the really competitive program and then half, halfway through, I just dropped out. I hated it. I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. Um, and then I, decided i'm like you know what i don't care about making money i don't care about x or y or z what other people think i like history i'm gonna study history and i'm gonna go wherever it takes me and so far it's taken me in a pretty good direction um but it, it, it does take drive and ambition and you know consistency in that regard but you know i don't i never want to be the person to tell people what they should do um mm-hmm. but it is always good to make make suggestions and like you can never go wrong with like technology fields, like um anything in computing computer engineering you know those jobs all make great money. I I've, listen. I have a master's degree. I'm about to go for a PhD. I have friends that have just bachelor degrees and they make more than me. And yeah, you know, I have friends that have bachelor degrees that make six figures that work in technology just because they, you know, they're a computer engineer. That's it.
0: So you know, uh, one thing that's often tossed around is people say, you know, there are going to be a lot of people who are just going to be out of work, and that maybe we should have something like universal basic income. Um, you're shaking your head, no, so you're you're against it.
1: Yeah, I, like I'm a very like um when I was younger, I guess like usually when you're a young young person and you're going through like liberal arts education and stuff, like uh-huh. you start to question like, yo, communism sounds like it would work or socialism or whatever all this stuff. Uh-huh. And then when you're a historian and then you like do research and you see like, bro, it's never worked. Like you gotta also realize the number one antagonist to the so- the socialist system is. Humans are not perfect. Therefore, someone's going to be greedy. Someone's going to be an asshole. And someone's going to screw people over or try to take more power for themselves. Because I'm telling you, bro, if you took a thousand people and put them into a society and you studied them for years, uh-huh. do you really think that they would live in a perfect society for 10 years?
0: No. No. Yeah, Something would go. Weird. Someone's
1: going to kill someone. Someone's going to snap. Someone's going to hurt someone, someone. Something's going to happen, right? There's never going to be a perfect fully equal society ever. Mm. So in that regard, and then when we look at capitalism, like really the extent, the reason why we live in such a comfortable society today, I mean, listen, man, you can work a very simple job and live a very comfortable life, especially with the fact that we have technology nowadays. Like even the poorest of the poor in America have cell phones, right? Yeah. I teach it a very underserved district. I teach it a title one district, which is literally federally the, like, the worst level of school that you can teach at, right? They need the most financial aid from, from the district, from um the federal government. And in these districts, these kids, like, come from very, very impoverished families where, like, they struggle to find out where food's coming that night. You know what I mean? Where there yeah. are food insecurities and financial insecurities in those families. And, but those kids sure as shit, they have an iPhone. An yeah. iPhone 14 at that, you know? Yeah. So, the keep so the biggest argument for like why i would say like capitalism like functions better than like socialism and why like it drove because one it drives innovation because competition you know we are all naturally competitive people at least i know i was i was back when i was in college i was really good at games i was in some of the top two thousand like ranking leaderboards for a couple like league overwatch um i know what it's like to be competitive so i know i like to compete with people and competition drives innovation because you know if you innovate you tends to lead you to becoming better, or it gives you an advantage over your opponent. And if you're a financial person, you're probably going to be making more profit now because of that advantage in your your product. Um, So because of all that innovation and drive, it led to a society where technology has been so overproduced that it's cheap to afford all these different technologies, and they're affordable for the public. And like I said, the people that even live in the poorest uh, households still have unlimited technology at the palm of their hand and it can st- spend endless hours entertaining themselves you know uh-huh. not that it's like a good thing to do but um you know i'm just saying theoretically compared to like the serfs of the middle ages and the medieval era like would you rather be shoveling shit in a field for a, a lord or would you rather you know work a minimum wage job and then go home and play video games or something you know what i mean <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely. That's you know and- i got it You know, I I, I totally get you about, you know, capitalism uh, driving uh, innovation and things like that. My thing is, is that I I feel like eventually we're going to innovate in a way like, so you mentioned about like the low income job, like let's say there's a guy working fast food, right? Within the next uh, five or so years, I think we're going to have like fast food restaurants that have no people. Maybe like there's one person inside there but it's like all automated. So you would go to McDonald's. There's like a little touch screen in there. Well, now they do have that. that. Yeah, Yeah, they have that now. But I think like you still have the people in there right now. I think that eventually it might just be like one manager in there and maybe like a guy to fix the machines if they go down. Mm -hmm. But my my thinking is like, what's going to happen to all these people who are out of work? Are they going to be like retrained or something? Because, I think UBI isn't the answer either, but at the same time, you know, like if you look at like San Francisco, you look at the West Coast homelessness. Is oh, it's out of control.
1: So, oh, dude, it's so. I see videos all the time of like people literally leaving their windows down because mm-hmm. people break so many windows there that they just wow. rather than they rather than try to get into their car and find nothing than break the window and then find nothing.
0: That's wild. And isn't well, I think that. Yeah, I think that like with AI, that's going to become global. You know, you're going to have two groups of people. You're going to have a group of people who are have adapted and managed to keep pace with the changing world, and then you're going to have a groups of people who are just you know, uh, you know, flat on their ass, so to mm-hmm. speak, and they're homeless. And I wonder like what's going to happen with that, you know. Um, <laughs> know
1: if like I would I don't know if I'd ever see a McDonald's and like even a restaurant with uh-huh. full I don't even know if there's a level of AI even in the foreseeable future that would be able to cook a full meal and put it all together I think I think like really? human yeah I think humans having fine motor skills is uh-huh. an advantage over I mean it's there are some robots like for example like in um AI and technologies being used to do surgeries where doctors yeah. from like um, like Taiwan are doing surgeries on people in Norway because they're yeah. a specialist and they can do it through like wearing those gloves. They can control the computers and perform surgeries from a distance and using just technology and having the the hardware be there. So there's – but there's still a human element. Like I don't know. Would you – if you went in for a procedure and they said, you know, we've been training this AI to perform the surgery, it's not going to be a doctor. Like how would you feel?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting you asked that. So uh, a couple of years ago, my dad had his prostate uh, removed. Um, he had a little prostate cancer scare. And, you know, we went with him to the hospital and, you know, the doctor gave him two options. Just like you said, he said that the human could do it or the robot. And at first, my dad said human. But um, after the doctor explained, he said that the, the robot has a higher success rate than any human you know, and that basically wow. the doctor just stands in the room and just oversees the robot. Just in case there's and, an
1: emergency or something.
0: Yeah. And, you know, my dad had his prostate removed with the robot and uh, it went off without a hitch, you know. So my That's thing awesome. is, yeah, if a robot can, you know, do surgery and then a robot can make a hamburger. So
1: now our you know? doctors are doctors irrelevant? Our surgeons are surgeons irrelevant?
0: Yeah, they, they might be, you know, See, I think that and- like. That's a good question. Well, I think that what's going to happen is like, you're going to have like experienced sort of surgeons and doctors who have uh, seniority and a lot of, uh, you know, experience. They're going to sort of transition to being like the sort of the overseers of the, you know, medical robots. They just sort of stand by. But I wonder like you're going to have people who are in medical school, maybe right now who are, you know, paying, huge sums of money and time to be a doctor and then eventually they're going to graduate and then they're going to try to look for jobs and they're going to be like "Mm, sorry you know learn the code you Mm -hmm. know and yeah it's, it's really hard to see where this is going but i ask you this right so let's say the president came to you right and he said hey i need some advice on this ai whatever you can tell me one thing to do just one thing and i'll do it all right, what one thing would you tell him?
1: Hmm, that is a hard question. Um, uh-huh. if if Joe Biden was capable of putting together a sentence like that, first of all, I'd be very impressed.
0: <laughs> yeah. And
1: s- did you see recently Mitch McConnell? Yeah, like, Mitch McConnell that guy? Yeah,
0: Bro, yeah. Like what the? F- I am yeah. sorry, I get sidetracked.
1: It's just crazy. Nah, these are these nah, are our politicians, but maybe maybe, yeah. maybe AI can take over our politicians.
0: They might, you know, they might, and maybe it's maybe. It would be preferable, you know, maybe an AI won't launch a nuke, you know, maybe an AI, uh, an AI won't be as crazy as Donald Trump. You know what I mean? So maybe, yeah, maybe it'll be preferable to have AI, uh, in control, you know,
1: what would I, what would I ask him to do with AI? I think, um,
0: or like, just like, you know, if you, you would tell him like, Hey, Ask this law to prevent ai from doing this or... i would i would probably want
1: there to be uh one one of the big problems actually with ai um that they're trying to work on is bias
0: mm-hmm. in
1: ai um reporting uh this stems from a lot of different things so as a historian it's very mm-hmm. obvious that there has been significant um levels of bias in history, whitewashing in history, yeah. um, neglect of people's histories and yeah. things along those lines.
0: Right. So yeah. All Racial, that yeah. stuff
1: accumulates on the internet, right? Um mm-hmm. and then those histories are learned by the AI, but the AI doesn't know better, right? It just yeah, it literally just learns what it's given. So it maybe it doesn't un- so AI might not actually understand that um Uh, like some of these whitewashes of history and they may not be racially, um, they may not understand. Like, for example, race race is a social phenomenon, right? It's not a Mm -hmm. biological thing that exists. So I'm not sure how AI can handle conceptual information like that, where it's like theoretical, social implications as opposed to just raw scientific facts and knowledge and things along those lines. So they're trying to work on that. So I would definitely, I would have a law passed that would put protections on, like, like the manipulation of AI from behind the scenes by, like, feeding it, like, bias information or racial, ra- racist information or any type of, like, anti, ac- anti, any category information to, mm-hmm. to have it be as true to us as possible. I know that's asking a lot, like, asking for truth and honesty, but, um. That's probably what I would ask because I think it would be a great tool for everyone to use for all different sorts of things. Like I'm planning on um, next, you know, next week when you know classes start and I start my my um, my college classes, I want to tell my all the students and kids that I want to teach them about AI. I want them to know, yeah. like, hey, listen, I know AI exists. Don't think you're pulling a sheet over my head. I'm not a dumbass. I know how the algorithms function, and I have resources to check if they were created via ai so do not submit ai work you can use ai as a tool and a resource to help you with your research answering questions and helping supplement your information do not ever if i ever catch you using ai i'm going to kill you (laughs) don't do it just don't do it because that like i said it takes away from the human element because yes you can ask ai to write you a five paragraph essay but if it does that What skill did you develop? What's the process that you had in there, Mm. right? There's no human growth. So now the problem is we're going to enter into one of my, one of my fears is that we're going to, because nowadays we rely too much on technology. Like for example, one thing I rely on is GPS.
0: Yeah. Same here. My
1: mom can drive almost anywhere around the area without a GPS ever. And me, I feel like I use the GPS to go somewhere in town.
0: Yeah. Just down the street. (laughs)
1: yeah i don't know why i feel like so insecure when i'm driving especially like when i get the highways and stuff and i'm going to like other cities and i'm like that's pathetic of me like i need to like this is something i should have learned Mm. um you know and that's like one of my that's like where i've noticed it the most you know we have this over reliance so imagine the gps systems all went down around the world what would you do you know would we be screwed
0: yeah yeah we would be we a lot to be, of things you wouldn't be able to
1: track your family members. There's a lot of things that wouldn't work without GPS tracking. There's a lot like the apps on your phone, every app on your phone, GPS, just, you know, for, you know, using the Google maps or whatever. There's a lot of things that would stop working if GPS went down.
0: Yeah, it is. So, um, you know, let me ask you this and then we can just uh, begin to wrap up. So what are some books or like maybe movies that you think people should watch or read uh, to like get a good idea of like where ai is going.
1: If you want to scare yourself shitless, you mm-hmm. got to read the classic
0: 1984.
1: Mhm. Yeah. So, um for those of you that I don't know, I mean a lot of you have probably read it in school,
0: but yeah, 1984, I read it in school too.
1: right? It's like a dystopian like science fiction book about um like the advancements of technology pacifying the public um Big Brother, surveillance systems, all things that exist today, right? Um, By George Orwell. You can probably find it online for free if you'd like. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think Um, for AI and surveillance. Um, Let me see. Actually, I was watching this Netflix series. That's pretty good if you guys want to, like, check it out. It is – let me see if I can find it really quick. Um, There's a couple. One of them is called Connected. Uh-huh. He does a pretty good job of like, it's weird. It's this, It's this, uh, this one guy was his name, Uh, Latif Nas- Nasir. He uh-huh. goes around the world and he talks about how like everything is connected, whether it is with technology or not, and how technology is being used to help with that feel. So he has episodes on like surveillance. He has an episode on like how technology is being used in like excrement in excrement studies like studying like sewage and things like that oh wow du- yeah dust clouds nukes like all this kind of stuff so he does a good job there um there's one other one and it's like slipping my brain and i watched it recently um i can't remember what it was called. i'd have to i gotta look it up and i gotta get it back to you but i, I watched it recently and i'm like Wait, this is like really good. It's a documentary series on Netflix. If you I'm sure if you type in like technology.
0: One um, thing, uh while you're thinking it of it, uh one thing uh too is probably Black Mirror. Have you ever seen that?
1: Oh yeah, I've watched all the Black Mirrors. Black Mirror is yeah. a cool show to kind of show you what things could possibly look like if yeah. things keep growing in that direction. Mm-hmm. Um I, I found it. So it's called The Future of. Gotcha. And it's really good. They do. This is where I, this is actually where I got a lot of the information on like the um the dating. So they do the future of dogs dating, house gaming, space vacations, cheeseburgers, life after death, sports, fashion, skyscrapers, health, headphones, and it it, it just talks about where the, what how these things could possibly evolve in the future if technology still progresses that at, at this like in this way. No. Um, yeah, so it's all the future of A, it's And it's all centered around AI. So if you want to see, and it's and the cool thing about each episode is they, it's actual, they talk about companies that are actually doing research in those areas to achieve what they're saying could be possible with AI. So I would make that suggestion
0: to watch as well. All right, then Yeah, so we'll definitely check it out. Um, any last thing you want to say, anything you want to promote or anything like that? Or. <laughs> Any, uh...
1: um I'm going through like a very transitional stage currently of trying to figure out how I want to professionally um display myself online I'm not like I'm, I'm sure you can tell I'm not very big into social media and like online mm-hmm. presence and stuff but it's obviously important to have today you know especially for professional reasons academic reasons um I do have a podcast it's called get informed. Um, mm. You can look it up on like any – listen, if my like high schoolers can like Google search it and find me and find gotcha. it, I'm sure you guys can find it. It's called Get Informed. I have a couple – I basically talk about like controversial topics, and I talk about both sides of the argument to so give people a little bit more of a holistic view so that they, they can then make their own opinion as opposed to just saying like, well, I'm a Democrat, so I have to believe this, or I'm a Republican, so I have to believe this. It's like, no, let's just not choose a side. Let's just have our own beliefs as independent, free-thinking people. And agree yeah. to disagree with people sometimes, you know? Um, so yeah, so I don't, that's, that's pretty much it. That's, you know, you can listen to the podcast. I'll be, I have a, I have an Instagram that's also called the get informed podcast, but I'll probably, that's the one I'm going to be changing. I think into more of like a, like a professional one. And then it'll have like my podcast. I'm looking to do like a small vlog series and there's other types of interesting stuff that I'm working on in, in my professional field. So you guys awesome. can check that out.
0: All right, then. Cool. Well, I'll look forward to it and I'll definitely check out your podcast. Thank you for your time and you have a nice day. Thanks, Isaac. Take care.